one of the things that we often teach is just that intentionality. Let's be intentional about remembering and releasing 2022, and let's be intentional to engage and anticipate um, 2023. And, you know, for some people, as they make that transition from one year to another, there isn't this sense of anticipation, but there's more this sense of dread. And they are looking towards the future, and it doesn't feel very hopeful. And I know if some of our listeners are in that place, that can be a really difficult place when it seems like everybody else is looking forward to a new year, but the reality is what you're experiencing is more reluctance or dread and not certainly a positive anticipation. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Faithful and True Podcast, and Happy New Year. We're happy to be with you in our first live podcast of 2023. And, uh, you know, we, we went for the, the all-star team to start off the year. We've got Dr. Greg Miller, of course, and we have Debbie Laser joining us on the first live in-studio podcast for 2023. And... Uh, Exciting to have you back in town with us. Yes, it's great to be back. Yes. Greg is here for our Men's Journey Workshop. Uh, our January version starts tomorrow here at Faithful and True, and we're looking forward to a great group of men coming in for that. And Debbie, it's always great to have you yeah. with us. Thank you. I love being here. Yes. And, and so we thought we would take a look at, uh, you know, there's something refreshing and invigorating about jump-starting a new year. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're doing here today, is taking a look at the arrival of 2023 and kind of all the things that come with the new year and the importance of how to, uh, as you were saying to me before, Greg, things that we need to uh, know how to handle or leave behind or grieve or mm -hmm. or uh, from the past year, or maybe it's things to celebrate from the past year. I, I don't know. Right. Absolutely. But we're going to talk about such things today. Yeah. Um, one of the sayings that I often heard at the counseling center that I went to was, in order to really know how to say hello, you have to really be able to say goodbye. And I think for a lot of us, we may really be good at hello. We like the hellos, but we struggle with the goodbyes. And I think that when it comes to the transition into a new year, the same principle is true. Mm -hmm. That in order to really embrace and say hello to 2023, there may be some things about 2022 that we need to acknowledge and say goodbye to. And some of them, like you said, said may be things that we enjoy, things that we like, things that have transitioned. And there may have also been some difficult and painful things that occurred in um, 2022 that it will be important that we acknowledge as we anticipate this new year. I've heard um, actually from a couple of family members, um, I can't wait for this year to be over mm -hmm. because there have been some difficult things. Mm -hmm. I guess um, because I just wrote a book about trauma to transformation, I would like to think that while we do say goodbye to some things that have been hard or difficult, that perhaps if we pause long enough to also figure out what we learned from some of that and we'll take with us in the new year. It could be a both and, right. as we say here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and also allowing the grief and the loss to, to trigger us into some sort of awareness. Mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking, um, we too um, have heard people say, boy, 2022 is difficult. I'm glad it's yeah. over. Um, that was even in one of the family updates that we got, one of the new newsletters that we got over Christmas 
And so there were some really difficult and painful things, but I've also been aware that sometimes there's just transitions. There may be kids that have left to go to college and they're no longer in your home and you're still connected to them, you still have a relationship with them, but there's been a transition. And so maybe the grief over that transition is just reminding you of the connection that you have with your children or the hopes or the dreams that you have for your children. And it may also be that there's been the loss of a job, there's been a loss of an opportunity, and there may be grief that comes with that, or maybe um, it was something that you chose. We often talk about, even if I'm choosing the transition, there can still be grief that is involved mm -hmm. in that. Yeah. And so really engaging all aspects of 2022 to understand what do I need to move towards that could possibly teach me more about myself and my needs. Mm -hmm. It is true that anytime we go through a transition um, and we experience change from that, there will be some anxiety and chaos. And, and I think sometimes we... We would like to think that if we're living a really good life, the perfect life, it's one without stress at all and without chaos. And, and I don't think that's possible. Right. And in right. fact, if we would embrace the idea that all change creates some chaos for us and that that's normal, perhaps we could move into that with a little bit more patience and also just some acknowledgement that this is okay. You know, right. this is kind of the way it was. I remember when Mark and I decided to get a puppy. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and did we anticipate having that puppy? And I, and you know, I, I think after a few weeks, I'm like, we're going to go insane with this puppy. You know, right. like we're pretty old to have a puppy. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was, you know, at some point grieving the fact we had made a wrong decision about that. And we uh, needed to look at what our choices were and make a better choice for that puppy and get back to some sense of normalcy. But grieving the loss of that cute little thing, whenever right. I see some a little puppy that looks like her, I, I do feel sad because I know if we could have maybe made that work for a couple of years, she <laughs> she would have been able to work with us better. But, um, you know, it was a loss. And yet we also learned that we, when we get excited about some things like that, not just to go out and buy something right away. You right. know, we, we learn we maybe need to think about that a little more, talk to more people that were our age, bringing those puppies into their house. And, you know, so we learned some things when we did that as well. And one of the things I remember about that specific situation was just the complexity of it, mm -hmm. that there was a desire for the puppy. The puppy was cute. You loved having the puppy around. And you begin to realize how much energy and effort and time it was going to take just to provide the care that the puppy needed. Mm -hmm. And that awareness that given our circumstances, given our limitations, given the puppy's needs, this may not be the best choice. Mm -hmm. And it's easy, I think, for us to go into a situation like that to go, oh, um, I missed something or I should have known better. I, I hear that a mm -hmm. lot in the men that I work with. I should have known better. But the reality is you had never had a puppy before at this point in your life. You didn't have these responsibilities with what it was like to be take, taking care of it. So there really wasn't any way that you could know the challenges until you engaged it. Mm -hmm. And so I would say for those people maybe that are reflecting on 2022 and they have this sense of regret, I should have known better, I wish we hadn't done this, just to recognize, kind of have grace with yourself, be a gentle observer, name your limits, and also know you made decisions with the best information that you had, and after making that decision, you got more information, and that led you to recognize that maybe you needed to do something differently. Mm -hmm.
I have a very current and relevant puppy story. <laughs> oh, you do? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Our neighbors, a very sweet couple, uh, they have two adorable little girls. Uh, for Christmas, they surprised their two little girls with a brand new golden retriever puppy. Uh, and we love golden retrievers. We've had one ourselves that lived to be 14. Uh, but a brand new golden retriever puppy is active <laughs> and aggressive and energetic uh, and has very sharp teeth and claws. Uh, and uh, Cindy was asked if she would watch the puppy for them. And she, Cindy has a hard time saying no, especially for people that she cares about. And they were going on a cruise with their entire family. And so oh, she committed to doing that. And yet they had an expectation and they're new, new pet owners. So they didn't really know. They expected her to be, to come over every two and a half hours and to spend all night long each night. So I was without her um, uh, for the entire week and stuff. But she would come home and she had claw marks and bite marks and uh, a torn sweatshirt and things like this. And it turned into the longest week. And at the end of it, she said, I think I've learned a lesson. First of all, she said, you know, I kind of had this a dream of, hey, wouldn't it be great for us to have a, a, a golden retriever puppy again? She said, uh, the answer is no. <laughs> you know? That's something I've yeah, learned. Yeah, so, uh, what I've learned, what experience has taught me, and but that was very valuable that she learned that because she said, you know, if that day ever comes and I, I still have that longing, you know, let's look at a rescue uh, mm -hmm. pup that's a couple of years old, that's been housebroken, and mm -hmm. things like this because there's just the reality is there's a ton of work mm -hmm. uh, that goes into all of that. Yeah. So uh, hearing you guys talk about yeah. puppies... I didn't, it didn't surprise me when the puppy got to be kind of too much mm -hmm. for you and Mark and your schedule, mm -hmm. you know, right. because there's a lot of responsibilities that go yeah. with it. Well, and I think Cindy's approach is really great when she said, this is what I'm learning from this experience. Yeah. Right. You know, one of the interesting things about, you know, as we transition, it is our focus sometimes to really look towards the future. We create our New Year's resolutions and all that type of thing. But I also think it's helpful to create another list, and that list is what did I learn or what did I become aware of in 2022? Because that's really the gift of the experience is to say, you know, these are some principles. These are some things if I had it to do over again, I would do it differently. But again, we don't do it out of shame. We simply do it out of an awareness that there were some decisions that we made that in hindsight we wish we had done differently. Mm -hmm. And maybe in looking back, um, you know, one of our principles is hopefully instead of making something black and white like last year was just awful, mm -hmm. that, again, we look for the both and. Um, I don't know that anything is always absolutely wonderful yeah. or all bad. And, you know, when we can get in that habit of also looking for things that went well as well as things we struggled with, it may be easier on ourselves and also more true when mm -hmm. we talk about that. I think also at the end of the year, I was noticing this year, uh, at least in our office, um, the majority of us took that whole week off between Christmas and New Year's. And I, I believe there's something that's really wonderful about taking that time off from what you're doing on a regular basis to give yourself just a chance to get out of the routine so you can think about some of these things or, you know, recover a bit from maybe when you've done too much of something and now you realize it as you take this time off. So um, whether it's at the end of a year or whether it's purposely just taking time off at some point to kind of assess how a period of time 
has gone, what I've learned, what I want to change. I think that's always great for setting some new beginnings. Absolutely. And for most of us, the way the holidays fall and the way that we move towards them, we're so caught up in the busyness of that experience that maybe it is the middle of January before we even begin to reflect on Mm -hmm. all that has happened in this past year and anticipating um, this new year. And that's part of what this podcast is about. We want to encourage our listeners to be intentional to reflect on 2022 and what it brought to them, the good things, the, the shifts, the changes, and also to be able to acknowledge what was difficult, that change that happened that was unexpected or maybe even planned that may have been difficult, um, and then those unexpected tragedies. Some of our, our listeners may have really had had a difficult 2022 with significant loss of family members or income or, or whatever it may be that really was difficult, but to be intentional to acknowledge that and then also to be anticipate what 2023 may be about. And again, one of the things that we often teach is just that intentionality. Let's be intentional about remembering and releasing 2022, and let's be intentional to engage and anticipate Um, 2023. And, you know, for some people, as they make that transition from one year to another, there isn't this sense of anticipation, but there's more this sense of dread. And they are looking towards the future, and it doesn't feel very hopeful. And I know if some of our listeners are in that place, that can be a really difficult place when it seems like everybody else is looking forward to a new year, but the reality is what you're experiencing is more reluctance or dread and not certainly a positive anticipation. Mm -hmm. I have heard a number of people talking about that, even on the radio talk shows. Um, Some of the hosts have been honest about just saying how starting in the new year has been really hard. They're very depressed. They don't really know why. Um, But I, I think that can be true. And, you know, I'm not totally sure what all that is about either, but being able to talk about that and just own it, I think, is a great start to figuring that out. Mm-hmm. You know, is it that there's too much dread in your life and starting that all over again um, does bring some depression? Is it about not knowing what you want to do in the new year to change some of that? And that gets hard to think about. You know, is it sad? You know, for us here in Minnesota, that seasonal affective disorder is a, a real thing. And sometimes not seeing the sun enough getting outside enough is also creating a lot of depression by the middle of the winter. So um, it can be a real thing. It can sometimes be very hard to be optimistic about a new year. Right. So I think we want to acknowledge that too. It would be lovely if that just always happened for well, us. And, and when I'm searching for the, opti- by nature, I'm an optimistic person. Mm-hmm. But when it's a struggle to find that optimism, that's when I remember that God has a plan, mm-hmm. you know, God has a plan for all of us. So sometimes when it seems like, God, things just aren't really going my way or going right, then to remind yourself that, hey, this isn't in my hands, this is in God's hands. Mm-hmm. And let's uh, let's sit back and let's see what he has in mind. Yeah. And a lot of times that brings a lot of comfort, knowing that uh, we're not solely in charge of creating our own joy. Right. You know, so that well, I, knowing God has a plan has helped. I also would say that sometimes it's an acknowledgement, even in the, the awareness that God has a plan, that there can still be the pain and chaos. For a lot of people and for myself, I find comfort in knowing that no matter what is going on, God is with me in that. Mm -hmm. Um, God is not one that always rescues us from the difficulties or the uncertainty. 
And so to recognize that even when there is the chaos, the pain, the uncertainty, that there's a hope that God can be with us in that. And, you know, for some people, when they look at uncertainty, they see opportunity and they are adventurous and excited and kind of a lack of direction is something exciting for them. I do think for some people, when there's that uncertainty of how is this going to work out, are these things going to come together, again, instead of there being excitement and anticipation and eagerness, there can be this sense of dread. And so for those of our our listeners that are looking at this 2023 and really unsure about how things are going to play out, and maybe that's in your relationship, maybe that's in your career, to recognize that it's okay, even in the uncertainty, to recognize that there could be possibilities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that kind of leads to one of the beliefs I wrote about in my book, which is about finding the next right step. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes the dread can be created when we're thinking too big and too far out. And we can't put a whole plan together and we don't know what it's going to look like. I think getting used to figuring out how God is directing us just in the next right step and what what is something I can do here soon Mm -hmm. is uh, where we can begin to get some action in our days. You know, for me, one of the ways that depression can show up is a resistance to getting out of bed and starting the day. Mm -hmm. I can just kind of feel that dread is a good word for me of, oh, you know, I've got to get out and start the day. And for some people, I think that that's how they feel about a new year. I mean, mm-hmm. this new year is starting and it's like you're, you're laying in this bed and there's this invitation to get out and really face this new year. And sometimes that just feels overwhelming. And we just mm-hmm. want to validate that there is a complexity in this transition and we focus on the celebration and the New Year's Eve and the parties. And there can also be this sense of, of not knowing or expecting what's next and not sure how to engage that. For some people, there can be a very specific dread because they are looking at the future and they know certain things that are going to happen and they're not sure how to engage those. One of the things that we want to talk about in this podcast and in our next one is what do we do with the calendar? You know, 2023 will have dates in it. We'll have anniversaries and birthdays and other things that we're anticipating graduation and for some of our listeners they are in a difficult place relationally and they're in a difficult place circumstantially and so it's hard for them to look at these dates that they know are coming that are on the calendar and really understand what it looks like to move towards them and move through them well and we're going to start with one that may be difficult for our couples as you're looking at 2023 at some point for most of you, your anniversary is going to come up. Mm-hmm. And historically, maybe that was a time of celebration, but maybe in your coupleship, you're going through something incredibly difficult now. Maybe there's been betrayal. Maybe there's been this new information about this secret life. And now you look at that anniversary, and instead of being something joyful or anticipating, it's something that you dread. So we want to just provide some coaching and direction about how to look towards those specific dates. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and by the way, if, if you're dreading that day coming up <laughs> or unsure about what in the world you'll do with it, I would just like to say you're absolutely normal. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any couple we work with who's working through the issues of infidelity and sexual addiction who don't face those um, really difficult issues when an anniversary comes up. 
And so I, I guess I would say, first of all, to accept that it's normal. You know, there's nothing wrong with you because you don't know or can't celebrate that mm-hmm. day. Um, in fact, maybe what it's representing is that you want to be authentic about your celebration. And right now, if there's a lot of pain and confusion and you don't even know what the future is going to look like, it would be inauthentic to go into that celebration and um, act as if nothing has happened or to be all grateful for everything at that point because it's, it's not true. Right. Yeah. And one of the things that can complicate it is one person in the coupleship may see it as a celebration. They are looking forward to it and they are grateful for their relationship. One may not be in that place. And even acknowledging that within the coupleship, we can be in different places and it's okay. We don't have to be approaching this in the same way. And one of the words that I think is helpful is if you're not able to celebrate, you may be able to acknowledge. And acknowledgement is simply to say, this is our anniversary, it is on this day, and I don't know how I want to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe we acknowledge it by not acknowledging it. Maybe Mm -hmm. we acknowledge it by just saying this is our anniversary. But even giving yourself permission to say, I don't know what I need or how it would be helpful to move through this day. Mm -hmm. And so that leads me to think about, though, Greg, of being intentional about the day. Mm -hmm. And so if I were working with a woman, I would want to help her figure out what she needs. Um, I think to go in that day and if she's talking to her spouse and just says, you know, it is our anniversary, I don't know what I want, um, I think would create a, a lot of chaos for him. So what am I supposed to do? Get you a gift or a card? Or should I take you to dinner? Or do you want to be left alone or mm-hmm. what? And that creates um, even more hardship in the relationship. So I think it is our job when something comes up like that to figure out what I need. Um, so it may be that could we just acknowledge this is the day, but this year we're just going to kind of run through it not do anything special, and hopefully by next year we'll have something else we'll consider on this Mm -hmm. day. Well, and I know for Beth and I, on the anniversary that occurred after our explosion, we were apart on that day. Mm -hmm. And um, I was doing an intentional therapeutic experience on our anniversary. Um, Beth had gone out to see friends. And so being, and we were separated at the time, so there wasn't an expectation that we would do anything together. But even to, to say maybe what we need is just to be a part on that day. And that can be a way to honor mm-hmm. the relationship if that's what is honest and authentic for someone. Mm-hmm. One of the things I would encourage people to try to pay attention to is that voice of obligation. You know, we should do this or we're supposed to do this. And that really isn't helpful because it isn't an authentic expression of our need or our desires. Mm-hmm. I think, too, that it could be for some if they're a little further along in their journey here that they might be able to sit down and not necessarily celebrate the past where there's been hiding and lying and whatever going on, but it could be a day when they talk about vision, you know, to think about and talk about what are the kinds of things we really want to work towards. If we choose to stay together, what do we want our marriage to look like moving forward? So that could be a little safer conversation. And um, positive, more positive, mm-hmm. too, you know, right. in terms of what you yeah. were saying, Randy. And um, it, it's possible. Some people couldn't even have that conversation. But as we move towards these dates being further and further out from crash and burn or explosion or whatever we call it, um, I think those are some of the things we could think about talking right. about. Well, and what I would also say for couples who may be listening who are further 
you know, away from their explosion. There's this expectation that the further we get away from that moment of uh, the betrayal or the information about the betrayal, that it's always going to get easier. Mm-hmm. And some of you may be caught off guard because you're five years in or maybe 10 years in, and all of a sudden there was something that was difficult or painful that you were reminded of um, in your anniversary or, or one of the dates that was significant in the calendar. And even with that, pay attention to what is this trying to tell me about my needs or my, my desire. Maybe this is reminding me that there's still some grief there that I need to acknowledge. Or maybe I can just say that um, there's still pain around what we went through all those years ago. But even to say this is present is helpful because it is an authentic indication of what's going on for a person. Mm-hmm. I think, too, as the years go on or, you know, the second or third year or whatever, and couples may begin to recognize some of the changes they're experiencing because of the work they're putting into this journey, I think it, an anniversary can be a great time to visit what those changes are. Mm -hmm. Um, Acknowledge them in the coupleship or individually as well. And um, Mark and I used to talk a lot about maybe going shopping together and finding something symbolic that represents that change. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a sweet way. It can be something very small. But I think sometimes when we buy something for our house, whether it's a piece of art or picture for the wall or something like that, Um, when we see it, it reminds us of the good things that are happening, the growth that we're seeing. Um, It might be a piece of jewelry. I know one time Mark and I bought um, rings, identical rings, that represented our kids, the jewels of our kids' birthdays. And we bought them, so we both wore them on the same finger on our right hand. And it was really a lovely symbol of staying together, staying together as a family, loving the kids we have, and Um, So we had a lot of fun going out and picking that out, having them made for us just specifically on this anniversary date. And um, I still wear that ring today, Mm -hmm. actually. (laughs) Well, and I think that's a great suggestion, this idea that maybe this year we do it differently. And Mm -hmm. so um, if it's important that your spouse pick something out for you, then you can clearly communicate that. If you're not at a place to be able to receive a gift from your spouse yet, then you can acknowledge that, but maybe going out together and getting a gift that is for the house or that acknowledges the coupleship or even maybe doing something specific to celebrate your children. There are ways that can be honest and authentic that don't dismiss the pain for a day, but actually acknowledge and integrate the pain in an honest and authentic and meaningful way. Mm -hmm. And for those of you that are anticipating the anniversary whenever it's going to be, just to continue to pay attention to yourself, your needs. If you're um, in with a couples therapist, you may even put it on the agenda of, hey, I'd like for us, when next time we go to the mm-hmm. couple therapist, to talk specifically about what our anniversary might look like yeah. this year. I know. We actually met with a couple once when it was their anniversary, and they made an appointment mm-hmm. to come in on their anniversary, which ended up being a really good thing because we did end up talking about some of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And we were able to keep the conversation safe for them and talk about maybe some of the positive things that we saw that were changing in them and their relationships. So I think it ended up being a good day for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting. Sometimes we hear about men who are at the workshop on their anniversary. Mm-hmm. And I often think of the, the beauty of that gift, that what you're giving yourself, what you are giving the coupleship, that effort that you're putting into 
work on yourself, transform, get free. Um, that really is an amazing way to love yourself and your family well, to make that investment. And it can feel awkward not to be with your spouse on that day, but it can also be very meaningful. Mm-hmm. I think just one more thing. I know maybe sure. we're coming to a close, but uh, you know we, we often kind of joke about how there there just are never the right cards out there. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> when right, we're in recovery yes. looking for a card, and so it's kind of the time to find those blank ones mm-hmm. and write in there what's authentic and what's true for you because. You know, there may never be quite the right card, actually, when you've always been this or you're always going to be that or, you know, all that kind of always never stuff um, probably doesn't work anymore in our lives in recovery. So think about that as an alternative. It can just be a card. You could just draw a picture in there. Um, Might just be the photo on the card that speaks for itself. I don't know. Um, So uh, lots of choices. My rule is the more words that are in the card, the less likely it's going to speak for me. And so You're a man I, of few words. Yes. So yes. I, I, I do find cards that speak for me, but many times there's just a few words in there. So the I blank one that opens system. up and just says, love, Greg. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, listen, uh, this is a, a great and interesting topic. I think that... Uh, we uh, have a plan to follow this one up with another podcast that looks at maybe some specific strategies of how to handle some of these important dates or, or anniversaries, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll look forward to doing that. Uh, in the meantime, as you're listening to us today, if this is beneficial to you, or if you have just recently mm-hmm. over the holidays come to realize that you've got a struggle that has not been addressed yet, uh, dealing with pornography addiction or sexual addiction, uh, we're here for you here at Faithful and True. We invite you to our website, faithfulandtrue.com. And uh, for the men out there, take a look at the Men's Journey Workshop. We offer it every month, and uh, it's a really a transformational uh, experience that we'd like to uh, uh, see you come and experience with us here. If you are a wife, we also have the Women's Journey Workshop, and we still have room for you if you'd like to come and really uh, get the support, the guidance, and the understanding uh, that uh, wives like yourself deserve and need. Uh, so that would be the Women's Journey Workshop. And down the line, we have the Couples Journey Workshop, which, again, is a wonderful uh, workshop event. So in the meantime, we hope that you've had a wonderful holiday season. We hope that uh, this coming week will be a week for you that's filled with many blessings and with great vision. 